Um, today, we're Act 2, Scene 2, and uh, it's, it's uh, the development of the nation of Israel. It's being the ones who are the carriers of God's rescue and, and salvation. And the particular supporting cast today is Moses. And we, those of you that were here at the beginning saw a little bit of the video from the Bible, the mini-series. And if you get opportunity to rent that or to check it out from the library and watch that, it's a, it's a good you know, sweep of this uh, epic. Um, there are always little things we would change. Our favorite stories didn't make it and all the rest. But it's, it's good for that case. There's a few things that I have with even Moses' clip. I'll, I'll speak to those in, in a little bit. But... <clears throat> um, uh, you, it gives you it's 10 hours and gives you a good overview of this, this grand epic. But with Moses, um, there are other movies, The Ten Commandments, uh, you know, Prince of Egypt, that also help to tell this story. And you, if you've read it um, or seen the, the movies, know that you know, Moses was, was born in a very tumultuous time. You know, the, the, Israel had been, uh, begun to be formed with Abraham, uh, Isaac, and Jacob, and now they were living in Egypt. And they'd been there a long time, and they were slaves under the Egyptians. But they, but God didn't let slavery stop him from filling his promise to Abram, you know, that they would be as numerous as the stars. So even in slavery, they had become a, a, a huge group of people, so much so that Pharaoh was getting scared of how many they were. And so what Pharaoh said was to, uh, let's kill any new children that are born to the Israelites. Um, and let's get rid of them. Well, and M- Moses was born to his mother, and she wanted to, to protect Moses. And so then she put him you know, in a basket, put him on the river, and sort of watched as he then was floated over into some women in Pharaoh's household. And they took him up and cared for him and nourished him and nurtured him and raised him as part of Pharaoh's um, family. And, but, but Moses is aware um, somewhere along the scenes that he's, he's not totally Egyptian, that he is also um, has, uh, is, is really from Israel, is a Hebrew. And he recognizes that one day as he's walking down the road and he sees an Egyptian guard beating an Israeli slave. And he is outraged and he then takes the guard and murders him. And yeah, it was not a good thing. Because then that Moses sort of took matters into his own hands and did it his way instead of God's way. And then he sent into exile for many decades as a shepherd in the middle of the wilderness. Um, gets married and has a family, but that's sort of where he stays. And that's the situation that Moses is in when uh, the burning bush appears to him. And what we saw, if you saw it, or and what we'll read in our text. Found on page 44 in your pew Bible, Exodus chapter 3, starting with verse 1. Or uh, you can follow along on the screen. Let's pray together. Gracious God, we again give you thanks that you um, tell us, uh, you give us the information of of this, your story, your your true story, your your epic of of rescuing us and renewing and rescuing the whole world and Open our eyes and ears, our soul, to hear from you, uh, to be attentive to you, to surrender to you, to take our part in this story. In the name of Jesus we pray, amen. Exodus chapter 3, starting with verse 1. 
Moses was keeping the flock of his father-in-law, Jethro, the priest of Midian. He led his flock beyond the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire out of a bush. He looked, and the bush was blazing, yet it was not consumed. Then Moses said, I must turn aside and look at this great sight and see why the bush is not burned up. When the Lord saw that he had turned aside to see, God called to him out of the bush. Moses, Moses. And he said, here I am. Then he said, come no closer. Remove the sandals from your feet, for the place on which you are standing is holy ground. He said further, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face. For he was afraid to look at God. Then the Lord said, I have observed the misery of my people who are in Egypt. I have heard their cry on account of their taskmasters. Indeed, I know their sufferings. And I've come down to deliver them from the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land to a good and broad land, a land flowing with milk and honey to the country of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites. That's why you go to seminary to pronounce all those names. <laughs> the cry of the Israelites has now come to me. I've also seen how the Egyptians oppressed them. So come, I will send you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh? And bring the Israelites out of Egypt. He said, I will be with you. And this shall be the sign for you that it is I who sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall worship God on this mountain. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You know, now, now part of uh, walking through, you know, the the. The story, just by hitting the, the top points, is to be sure we, we hit, we see the forest and, and understand what, what God has been doing throughout history. And how, even in this specific case of picking Moses, it's part of a much larger plan. And, and how we can learn from Moses in terms of the part that we play in this much larger plan of God. And the first thing that you, you want to note here is that Moses gives God his attention. You might say, well, you know, if there was a burning bush on the side of the road, you know, God would get my attention too. I wonder, would he really? You know, or you know, burning bushes on the side of the road, or we sort of walk this way. If we know it's God's speaking and leading and having a, an assignment for us. Yeah, because there's, there's plenty of assignments that God's already given us. They, we don't need burning bushes. They're in black and white. Matter of fact, burning doesn't help. Um, it's clear to us what God has told us. Some of the things that he wants us to do. The assignments that he's, he's given us. Does he have our attention? You know, in, in the scriptures, we're told with our spouses that we're 
to submit to one another as unto Christ. How you doing on that assignment? And don't answer for yourself. Ask your spouse how you're doing on that assignment. But we're told to, to give generously. To, to care for the, the widows, the, the orphans, the, the prisoners. To give 99% to the lost. How are we doing on those particular assignments? Children, you're told clearly, obey your parents. Again, ask your parents how you're doing on that one. And everybody that claims to be a Jesus follower, we're told to obey our and respect and honor the authorities before us. The police, the laws, elected officials, teachers. Those are clear assignments that everyone's to obey. How are we, how are we doing in obeying those clear assignments? And we're told by Jesus on a number of occasions Whenever we're wronged, to forgive. Just like he did, to forgive. Seventy times seven, Jesus told Peter once. Those are just some of the items that God gives to us. You know, it says, pay attention. We don't really need burning bushes. But God moves beyond what what He's written. He moves beyond that in the presence of the Holy Spirit within each of us to to speak to us, to to nudge us in conversations with other believers and in connection with one another. In our own circumstances of life and in our own inner conversations, the Spirit pokes and prods. Give attention to God leading and and guiding and, and speaking to us along the way. Maybe part of it with Moses getting a burning bush is because, one, he didn't have a Bible. He didn't have the stories of Jesus. He didn't have a church. There weren't many ways to get his attention. But what we learn from Moses is that he, he does stop. He does turn. And he only says, in this text, he only says one thing. That's one of the reasons that the video misses it a little bit. In that specific thing, but I understand the video is trying to capture a whole bigger picture. The only thing Moses says to God at this time, if you look at the text, is here I am. That's all. It's all that's necessary at that time. Here I am. He's given attention to God, and then, in a way, sort of, reluctantly, he surrenders to God. And he says, take off your shoes. We're not even told that Moses did that. This is your own holy ground. And then you catch at the end what Moses says. And I love this. I love the reality of Moses' interaction with God. As, as he's paid attention to God and he's seeking to take God's assignment for him. That then he says, in essence, after saying, you're the one that's going to lead my people out of slavery. And basically what Moses said, are you sure you got the right guy? I mean, that's in essence what he says. Not me. I mean, who am I? That's the second thing that he said. Who am I to do this? And if you look a little later on, if you read the the rest of that particular chapter, it's great. Moses, he then tries to talk God out of it. 
Now, it's a common theme. You, know, you see it with, with Abram. You see it with Moses. You know, it's interesting, at least in these two situations, when God calls someone to lead, there is a reluctancy on their part. Because I think they recognize all that God's asking them to do. At least uh, they, they get a taste of that. And in the midst of their reality, of their humanity, you know, it's, you sort of see Moses saying, Okay, here I am. You sure you want me? But he's there. He's not turning back. In the fullness of his fear and uncertainty, he is standing right there saying, okay. Even though he tries to talk about, I can't speak, you know, it's the, I'm the, the wrong guy, you know, why are people going to believe me? You know, and I think, you know, it's, it's this kind of scene. If you're waiting to be totally ready to obey God, that you got everything right, you know, all your motives are in place, all the skills are there, then it's not going to happen until Jesus returns. It's like, you know, I think about a couple things like that. Starting a bathroom project, a bathroom remodeling project. You know, if I knew at the beginning of starting that project just how much it was going to cost, just how much time, how many things I was going to break, how many fingers I was going to smash, I never would have started. I just stayed with the toilet I had. (laughs) Those of you that have started a business, would you really have done that? If you knew how much it was going to cost, all the time and energy it was going to take, If you waited till you're entirely ready to have children, right? Would you do it? You know, you knew how much it all cost. You know, you knew the struggle that it was. No, nope. I bet at the beginning the birth rate would go way down if that were the case. No, that's that's sort of where Moses and Abram are, and it's where you know we are with God. God doesn't tell Moses. You know, all that's coming before him, he tells him two things. Interesting. I'm with you. I am with you. As you follow the assignment I have for you, I am with you. And don't, and don't you love the other, the sign that he gives him? I mean, it's sort of like if you, he says to him, and in the end, you'll be worshiping on this mountain with all the people. It's like, I'd like a sign a little earlier than that. You know, it's sort of like, and you'll know this bathroom project was correct when the commode is in its place and not leaking anymore. It's like, yeah, I'd like a sign a little earlier in this negotiation than just knowing at the end it's going to work right. But in a sense, that's the essence of the promise. That's that's the essence of this journey of the five acts of God's play. We know the end. We know that God is the main character in every one of the acts. And we know how it ends. And really, Moses, that's all you need to know right now. For you to pay attention to me and to surrender reluctantly to my plan. And then, at the end, Moses participates in this as a major you know, supporting character in God's rescue plan for the world. 
Did you, did you catch as well, you know, God's motivation for calling Moses? I've heard my people's cry. I've seen their suffering. I've seen how they are oppressed, Moses. And, and you're the one that I'm going to call to lead them out of slavery, out of being oppressed. I mean, what a great, powerful combination of the character of God's justice, of God's grace, of, of, of God's salvation. That he, he pulls them out of slavery to lead them into the promised land to, in order to fulfill the promise that he made to Abram last week. That I will bless you so that you will be a blessing to the world because... Eventually, emerging out of the nation of Israel is Jesus, who is the Savior of the world. Now, now one, one thing to see here, it's really clear that Moses' task was taxing. It was painful. It was very stressful. High levels of anxiety that were Moses' tasks. I mean, he had people calling from his head all the time. It, 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 he was, you, you read the rest of the story. I mean, he gets angry. He gets angry at God, angry at himself. He, it, he leads in failure a number of times. It is not an easy task. The cost is great. But the result is even greater. But, but no, as we participate in, in God's plan of rescuing the world, it's not a cocktail cruise. Just with Moses, you see the anxiety, the pain, the failure, the, the, all that he faces in fulfilling that plan, in playing his part, his role in this grand, epic of rescue and renewal of the world. And he plays a significant part so that Israel is freed from slavery, headed into the promised land, and from Israel will emerge the Savior of the world. And we'll talk more about that next week. So are you... Are you paying attention to what God wants you to do? The, the role he has for you in this, this moment in time? Are you surrendering even reluctantly to what God has for you? I mean, look, I mean, Moses was a murderer in exile. And look at the part that, that he played. So you're not disqualified. And, and know that, that God's leading you and calling you. To be a part of his rescue plan. To, to address the, the suffering, the pain, the evil in our world. Uh, to, to be one that works, who, who, gives, who gives work and word to the rescue that Jesus brings to any and all that will receive him. You know, one of the ways that we, particularly as a church... Um, have heard you know, God's call 
to, to carry out his rescue plan is in, you know, in our community, in our neighborhood, and one particular way is with uh, Pleasant Hill School, our, our, our neighborhood school. Just recently, um, we heard of the grade of the school. It came out, the system came out with new grades, the state did, and the school got all F's in uh, every area. And we heard from that, you know, well, the Pleasant Hill School, uh, the student population, has uh, 23% have uh, learning disabilities in the school. 90% of the students in the school are children of poverty. And the average class size with one teacher and half an aide is 36. Ah, I don't care if you're Moses. You're going to get an F with that kind of responsibility. And that's in our neighborhood, you know, just down the street and around the corner. And so we're saying, we're, we're hearing, paying attention, saying, God, we're hearing that you're saying there are folks crying out, children and adults. And so that's why we say, yeah, we're, we're doing whiz kids and, and we're doing treehouse and we're um, planning now a, a, a summer um, uh, Camp that will be at Pleasant Hill that will involve um, a number of churches in the community to come alongside that school to, to be a part of what they're doing in trying to love the children in our neighborhood. And that's just one most recent example. So for you, is it a part of that or, or something else? Yeah. Pay attention uh, to how God has gifted and called and, and speaking to you. Be, be willing to surrender even reluctantly. Just say, here I am. And, and play your part. Wondrous part. In this grand epic of God's rescue and renewal of the world. Amen.